My name is Nick Flower, and I'm a clinical psychologist who specializes in behavior therapy. And I'm Lauren McLean, and I am a therapist who specializes in behavioral therapy as well. Welcome to Psychologically Incorrect. This is a podcast about real life through the lens of behavioral psychology and applying the lessons of clinical psychology into everyday issues. Today on Psychologically Incorrect, we will make the case for mediocrity, the case not to be perfect, to eliminate that word from our language. The rationale for why the phrase, do your best, isn't always good advice. Today on Psychologically Incorrect. Hey, Lauren. How you doing? Hi. Good. Not bad. Pretty good. Nothing makes the case to go out there uh, on the field in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter after halftime and shoot for mediocrity. Nothing gets them more fired up than that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's really funny. You know, I've been I've been rewatching. Never seen Ted Ted Lasso. Okay, well, if you have a kid that plays soccer, you absolutely have to watch Ted Lasso. Okay, optional required watching. Um, and Ted often says in the first season, he doesn't care if they win or lose. He's just out there to have fun and help his players be better people in the world. And, uh, he kind of makes a case for mediocrity in some ways. And whilst, but they, Mm -hmm. you know, and also winning is still important. We have to like stay in Mm -hmm. business. It's a professional sport, but, um, he talks about how winning can't be the most important or the only thing. So yeah, maybe there is something to me. Can I can I can I can I jump also. on that real quick because I just want to say that like I if he's do it um, if the message is go out there and have fun I think that is really the only message especially for sports this generalizes as sports often do to other things in life but if you're just going out there and having fun now it's a sport and you're inherently trying to win it and trying to play hard you know what I mean like. That's why that's why you say sure. when you just go have fun. Yeah, yeah. the uh, a byproduct of that is to try to win and try to score the goal. So, you know what I mean? Like he's saying that message outright, which I think is an important one because if you're too focused on winning or trying to achieve some level of perfection, then then you're you you become a little bit uh I don't know, what's the word? Yeah. Well, it's not fun. It's like stressful pressure. That's what I'm choke. That's what I'm I mean, saying. All of that. That's right. The choking and your counts. performance is inhibited yeah. when you are trying too hard. And I, I think that's an important message. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, you you really have to watch it. There's this one episode where soccer, mm-hmm. like the person lost their mojo mm-hmm. and like soccer wasn't fun for them anymore. And he, the whole episode is about how to have soccer be fun again, how to get your mojo back. Is that um, what like is that what Simone, maybe Simone Biles could have used that when she had a t- the the twisties? Remember that in the Olympics when she got a, uh, a case of the twisties? They call it in gymnastics. I mean, well, it's performance yeah, anxiety right. maxed out, right? To the that you're unable right. to perform. So yeah, there is something for mediocrity. So let's get into. Okay, it can I? So let me sort of jump in here. So I. We talk about this yeah. a lot. You and yeah. me have talked about this. Um, and I think, you know, s- since you and I, for a living, treat people who have obsessive compulsive disorder and who are wrapped up in a lot of anxiety, um, that we see people on a daily basis that are reaching for some level of perfectionism. 
um, and whatever it might be. So we see this often. So I just want to say we, we, you and me might, you, you and you and I might be a little bit biased with this in terms of, you know, how much we see this, but, um, so I just want to start off by saying this conversation isn't for everybody, you know what I mean? But I do think, you know, you, you, of course, you don't have to have OCD or anxiety to benefit from it. You know, we talk so much about, you know, parents that are trying to be, get it just right or people who are religious or morally scrupulous or the workaholic or, you know, um, the be the best girlfriend, boyfriend, all of that. I think people bend over backwards and you know, uh, and they're shooting for some level of perfectionism, which is why I'm always trying to make the case to just be mediocre and go out there and have fun. Yeah. And I I think that, um, yeah, absolutely. Not everybody who struggles with anxiety. I mean, well, actually perfectionism is pretty darn woven through anxiety, but you know, for the average person, I think it's just take a look at what your expectations are. are. Are your expectations to be flawless, to, you know, never, you know, always be, you know, a, performing at a certain level? I mean, that's a hard expectation to uh, to manage. And it's going to lead to a lot of kind of like downward things. So I think, you know, one thing, I don't know if you if you would agree with this. One thing that I've heard so many people say is mm-hmm. I'm not perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm pretty obvious you know um and what the it's usually met with is no because i don't do everything right and i think that's the common (laughs) misconception is that if you struggle with perfectionism you're always on point and no are you because that's impossible are you saying that Um, when people say that when people say that i'm not a perfectionist that you're thinking what they mean by this i'm not a perfectionist because i i am not perfect no, people. Yeah, I know, and you and you're and you're saying that they're that, that that they conceptualize that as no, I can't be perfectionist perfection because I'm not perfect. Excuse me, because I'm not perfect, which yeah, I would call right. pretty severe. Well, that's what I'm saying. So. That's that's the point of this is people are striving for this, but it's a, it, it's an unachievable goal that leave and right that, that leaves people, you know, constantly miss. If you're constantly chasing after something that's not that's literally not achievable. You know, th- then that's where suffering lives. You know, absolutely. And so we see we see this so much, and totally. I, I think it's a good topic. Suffering and misery, and we'll talk a little bit more about perfectionism. But I just want to say, you know, you keep saying the case for mediocrity, and I've, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I obviously, mm-hmm. I obviously agree with you, and I also preach this. But when you say that, yeah. I want to shudder a little bit, like. Case for me, it like actually, it like sounds bad. It feels a little bad, right? And so, listener, if you yeah, you feel that way too, stay with us, keep listening, because I really do promise there's something to it, but it's very like cognitively challenging to um, conceptualize all of this stuff. Like it's very hard to wrap your head. No, it's a great point because it's what an absurd thing to say. That's why I joked in the beginning. About like the third quarter, you know, the <laughs> halftime speech. My halftime speeches are always great. You know what I mean? It's like, go out there and eh, do what you want. You know, um, of course, we're not saying that. We wouldn't want a coach to say that. But we also wouldn't want a coach to say, go in there and be perfect at every pass and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Or You know else. what I mean? Exactly. Like Win that, that, or else. That is um, the opposite message that we want to be giving to uh, any level of athlete or any human. Right. Any human. But yeah, I totally agree with that when I... Uh, when I, every time I say it to a person in my office, they have the same cringe that you do. But I'm just going to say even worse because, again, I'm treating people with obsessive compulsive 
perfectionistic tendencies. So when I say that to them, it's like, um, uh, you know, you know, I don't know, suggesting that they eat rat poison or something crazy. They're like, no, oh my God, that sounds terrible. I mean, I said it this week to somebody who was morally scrupulous. We talked about that in our last episode, but, oh no, actually she's religiously scrupulous. And I said, well, what we need to try to do is to try to, you know, to try to shoot, to be a mediocre Christian. (laughs) And she, oh my gosh, you know, she was just so not offended by that, but just really made uncomfortable. So your point is, uh, you're almost giving like a trigger warning for our audience, right? Trigger warning. Well, Nick is triggered by my trigger warning, but no, I just think it, I think it's important Mm -hmm. to be relatable of that. Like I too don't really like that idea when I first hear it. And it's also very valuable to like, right. Well, and I always say to my patients, is this the perfect therapy session? Are we having a perfect moment right now? You know, could I have, could I have prepared better for our session? Maybe I should have read over your note before we started, before you came into my office. You know, maybe I could have read a little bit more about cognitive therapy, but I didn't, you know, maybe I could have. Nick, you must drive people nuts. (laughs) You know, and so I say, you know, I'm, I hope that this is an okay session for you. You know, it's not, it's not perfect, you know. Um, and that's, that's right. I mean, yeah, like nothing will ever be perfect. And well, it's the chronic unmet expectation. This is a good segue to think about like what really are the problems with perfectionism and to be chronically let down is a very painful experience by yourself or other people. Right. And, 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 uh, you know, people remind themselves of their, of the times when they didn't do a perfect job, um, hoping that that will spur them in to, to motivate them to do better the next time, you know, which again, it's reinforcing, you know, it's negatively reinforcing. So it just continues. And then this is where misery lives or what I said before, you know, it's this constant striving for this unachievable thing, you know, and so, no, I like what you said about chronic unmet expectations. That's chronic and it's perpetual. And so we got to break that up. We got to break that, that, that reinforcement contingency there. Well, to break it up, you have to recognize that I actually have a choice in mm-hmm. that I could feel differently if I right. adjusted my expectation. Because by not adjusting my expectation, by expecting perfection or having unrealistic standards, I'm chronically annoyed, miserable, like frustrated, whatever. Hey, do I want to feel different? There's a way to feel different. And in doing that, adjust my expectation. Um, But you also have to allow for the possibility that things could be different, which is the flexibility, adaptability, openness, like curiosity, all of those things. Right. And they have to adjust their behavior though, too. They have to, you know, it it, it involves... You know, this is for people who are striving for perfectionistic uh, or perfection is to ease, take your foot a little bit off the gas pedal, you know, just a little bit, you know, the car, you don't have to drive it that fast. It, it could still, it'll still get you where you want to go. You know what I mean? But, you know, cause then what, what cost? So this is, let's continue on, I guess, with the general problems of this, you know, what, what cost, you know, you're getting everything you're, you know, putting all the dishes away in the kitchen before bedtime, every single night, wiping the counter down when there's no crumbs on it every single night, you know, um, 
and, and believing that you need to do that, you know, to have a good start to the morning, you know, the next day or so I could sleep tonight or, or whatever it is. Um, well, here's another example that people always talk about culturally is nobody else loads the dishwasher the right way. So I have to do it and no one else can do it because the dishwasher. Now, let me just right interrupt way. you here. Right. This, that is, is true. That you? Okay. What you're you? saying is true. There is a right way to load it. And, but... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, the dishes will get clean. You're allowed to have preferences but you want to have flexibility in that like someone else can load the dishes. Yeah, I do that. I, I, do, I do that in my home and some of the dishes way. come out not clean, but okay, I, I'll, I'll take your point that maybe I should loosen up a little bit on the dishwasher thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is like a funny point to, to remember that like, um, actually I wanted to say this anyway, like everybody has things that they can be oh, perfectionistic right. about, however sure. significant or insignificant can be. Right. And so like you may be generally not like putting pressure on yourself to be the best therapist ever right. or the best dad ever, but you can get sure, sure, perfectionist sure. about the dishwasher. Right. Like knowing that and seeing that as kind of like a thing as opposed to as a I'm a perfectionistic person, I think is important. The other thing I think we should say about perfectionism is there's a couple of different like roots or manifestations. You know, perfectionism can be a response to like trauma or an adverse event, right? Like if you get into a car accident, yeah, you're right. a really fastidious driver, very alert, you know, whatever. And it's kind of like compensatory mm -hmm. to something that happened. You could be kind of perfectionistic almost as a personality trait. Like you see it in the little kids that are like in first grade, but like have absolutely perfect penmanship. And it's not really in response to anything. Right. It's not like OCD or psychiatric disorder. It's just that like in their personality, personality that they you know they, they're just quite fastidious like high right. levels of neuroticism high levels of you know, right. they, whatever um so personality trait response to trauma it can be an obsessive thing um where you kind of like obsessively crave it whatever i i think there's other manifestations but i want to point out that it's n n there's a lot of different whys and hows to which it shows up. No, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, the, the points we want to make though, it's never enough, you know, um, it, it's, 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 it's never, never enough. enough. And, uh, and, 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 and if you're interpreting it as it's never enough, then I've got to, I've got to keep going and keep trying. And so, um, let's talk about some more problems with it. So, uh, we talked about self-loathing, you know, um, what, what do you want to say about that? Self-loathing, you know, as a consequence of perfectionism is just something that I've learned more about recently. And when I understood that as a component of perfectionism, it really changed mm. how I thought about perfectionism and that it's almost impossible to like yourself yeah. or to feel satisfied if you never feel like you're, you are enough or your performance is enough or things are going your way. I mean, like, it's kind of the other side of that chronic expectation unmet expectations like you can never feel good about yourself you're always beating yourself up and you know i think you see that in more severe cases but you're just truly almost guaranteed to not like yourself and if you don't like yourself there are so yeah. many downward psychological problems that come in terms of how you interact with yourselves others the world circumstance so there's just a lot of pain and suffering in that. Um, and a lot of people, when they have perfectionism and self-loathing side by side, 
they have poor insight to it because they don't realize that perfectionism mm -hmm. is the problem and they also can't always see that's why they don't like themselves um and the ability to be flexible adaptable curious and have intact self-esteem i mean that we have right. a whole episode on joy and fun that's a recipe for how you actually can have joy and fun um and that's what is going to make life feel meaningful right i have worth living in you know all of i have somebody that i talk to now um and therapy at this, it's self-loathing about perfectionism is him to a T, you know what I mean? And he and I are having these discussions and he cringes just like you did when I say about mediocrity, you know, and all the things that he's doing. He can't even do a hobby, you know, without um, beating himself up, but not doing it perfectly, you know? Um, so th this can metastasize, you know, into many different areas of people's lives. In a way that's really severe because hobbies can be a lot of fun, but you don't get that joy if you can't be flexible. To yeah. Or, or, or like, yeah, you're exactly when you're trying, when you're trying something new, like trying a new skill or whatever, you know, and beating yourself because you can't get it right off. Well, I mean, you're trying something very, very hard. You know, what do you think's going to happen? You know, um, learning German, learning how to play totally. guitar, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Got to right. fumble through. I heard one quote once that always stuck with me is anything worth doing is worth doing. Mm, that's good. To start. Yeah, it really, it really just snapped in there for me. And it was just like, but, okay, yeah, you shouldn't expect to be good. And it's, if it's worth okay, doing, right. it's so what, poorly. what in life is that not true about? Like, can you think of an example, like being a parent, um, being a therapist, Remember the very first therapist you, or the first, um, you know, patient you saw as a therapist, you know, like, were you killing it? <laughs> you know, cause, cause I wasn't, no, you know horrible. what I mean? And so anything worth doing no. is worth fumbling around and see you find your way. You know what I mean? This is another thing I, this is another thing I bring anything. up in uh, therapy with people about this. It's like, you know, this is usually in my spiel about maybe I should have prepared more for the session. I says, I'll say, you know what? It's uh, it's a good thing, you know. You didn't get me in 2015. You know what I mean? Or the or the 2018 version because he was not <laughs> as good. You know what I mean? And then and then I'm, uh, and I'm I want to apologize that you're not getting the 2025 version of me because he's way better. You know, so you got this. He'll one, be better. You know, and and I have to roll with that, and so do you. You know, and we have no choice. But yeah, it affects everything. So what about life? What 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 about life? then that quote that you said, does that not apply? You know, everything. It's truly everything. And you have to be humble enough to right. let yourself be bad. Right. So you can right. become better. And right. better is not perfect. It's just right. towards growth. You know, and I, and that's hard. It, it's, it's hard to be yeah. bad at things. Yeah. Especially when you're typically good at things, you know, that's, that's a, maybe another side issue. Or right. you like being good at things actually to your point of when does that not apply? It doesn't apply necessarily in the case for great hmm. talent. Hmm. And that's just luck, right? There's a girl on my daughter's kindergarten. Soccer yeah. Team who's just I have a monster on my team too. Right. Yeah. A day. Okay. Oh man, this girl, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? Good on you. I'm happy for you. I mean, maybe she practices a lot, but I mean, she goes after the ball. She kicks the ball. She gets it in the goal yeah. and that's talent and that's great. And, and like, enjoy it when you have a natural talent, 
enjoy it. But you also have to have the flexibility that like that, that girl too will have a bad game. And that's, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And there's room for growth. But what you're saying, I guess you're making the case for if you're naturally gifted or talented at something that you don't have to fumble around too much in the beginning. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Um, okay, so more about it, perfectionism. I you know, generally stalls growth because we hate getting negative feedback or negative results, so we can't push past it for growth or improvement. Um, I often see that perfectionism can actually have worse performance. People are so fixated on not messing up that it blocks the right. We've all heard the test anxiety stuff where mm-hmm. you know a kid studies forever for the SAT right. or something and then does poorly because they choke because of anxiety. Um, stagnation, like there's just no growth because there's no willingness to try, um, being unwilling to learn, be open-minded, be curious, right? There's just like, I think Mm -hmm. of like a horse with blinders, like I'm here and I cannot look past it and like, that's it. And that just sounds like, yeah, like you said, because it stalls growth, it stalls creativity, it stalls spontaneity and, you know, trying new things and, you know, uh, and, and that's kind of, that leads to a boring life. I would, I would think. Totally. So, um, so yeah, go uh, ahead. How do, how do we combat this? Are we at the point when I talk about combating perfectionism, prevent, uh, you know, or, or see, we're talking about perf- combating perfectionism. Is that, is that the, is that the antidote here? I suppose it is. Or, or is it embracing mediocrity? Um, I think it's both. I think it's one and the same. I think you, by embracing yeah. mediocrity, you are combating. Right. I guess, you know, when I say something like embrace mediocrity, that's an, obviously an absurd thing to say. Um, but I'm saying it for effect <laughs> because it's absurd. And I want to sort of jar people into to really sitting with that. But I guess what I'm ultimately saying and what we ultimately mean by that is acceptance for your experience as a human being you know what i mean and 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 trying something new or accepting that you're not going to get it right away and and that you don't have to be perfect does that that make sense i mean that's ultimately the underpinning of what i'm saying when you accept mediocrity you're just accepting your humanity i feel like you could put that on like a therapist self affirmation Mm -hmm. card deck okay (laughs) (laughs) no i know Uh, i mean i'm kidding but like i agree with everything that you said i think that sometimes that can feel like pie in the sky or oh, to people, yeah. even though it, it is true. Yeah. Like you're, you're spot on. Yeah. It can feel like yeah. lofty. Um, and I think that if we're going to make it feel a little right. more manageable, maybe, maybe it's just about saying we're going to divorce the outcome sure. from your effort sure. or your ability. Right. That like, you don't, we don't have to meet every expectation and be like exceed expectation to be a valid person that like you should try and you should try yeah. hard and put effort into it. And then you have to like, let it be what it is and you have to accept the results that come your way. And by not accepting the results, that's where all that perfectionism. Well, that's what I mean about the accept. That's what I mean about the ultimate message is to ex- is acceptance, you know? And when I say things, cause I'll yeah. say that to people to accept your humanity like this, you, you live on earth and you're a human, you're not a robot, you know, you're not the terminator you know, and, and, and we have to stop trying to be the terminator. You have to accept your humanity. You have to accept that you're, you know, that you're not perfect. Um, and this is where embrace mediocrity comes from. 
Um, yeah. Yep. Totally. Um, so it feels like, you know, we've kind of mentioned this, but it is worth saying that accepting mediocrity is that what we said? Accepting mediocrity does not mean that you're apathetic or that you don't care, or you right. don't try, or you give up. Yeah, right. Because when people, but when people hear that, they're like, "You want me to give up? You want me to just be lazy or something like that?" But totally. no, I'm yeah. I'm suggesting you take your foot off the gas pedal, and you're still going to get straight A. <laughs> like you're still going to get, you know, and and your calendar is going to be mostly clean, and you'll be able to, uh, you know, still serve breakfast with a couple breadcrumbs from the night before. It's all right. It's going to be all right. You know, and you're still going to be an excellent mother. You know what I mean? Or father or whatever. Person, human, employee. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that really one of the biggest keys to psychological health is mm -hmm. flexibility and adaptability. Because with your example of like the crumbs on the counter, they have this false positive that they that they think that this is mm -hmm. how they become happy because they do it every mm -hmm. time and it's always rewarded, but they don't know that they could also be happy without sure. doing those extra steps yep. and being willing to be curious, open, flexible, adaptable, like that allows for that learning and growth, you know, like you're with the case of being a media, mediocre Catholic, her, her faith could be much more joyful and enriching for her if she didn't put so much pressure yeah. or that, or he, if she didn't put so much pressure on, on himself to be right. the best Catholic and it wouldn't all of a sudden be loaded with, if I'm not perfect, then I've, you know, failed, which is the same thing mm -hmm. you would say to an athlete about winning a game, play hard, play hard, then play hard and trust the process. Yes. Right. If you, right. Like if you don't, if you don't play as hard as you possibly can and ensure you win the game, right. Like, by saying that, you're almost guaranteeing the sense of just mm -hmm. like failure and self-loathing and deep shame and guilt. Yeah, but you got to give it a shot, and I think it's what you meant before. You have to you have to teach yourself a new lesson because you teach you learn the wrong lesson when you say I you know um, I have to clean up all the crumbs. I feel good, so then I must have to clean up all the crumbs every time. You don't give yourself a chance to learn. This is exposure therapy in large part. You don't give yourself a chance to learn that new lesson. But I could still feel like a fulfilling, like a like I'm a good mother, you know, a really good mother or father or whatever, um, even if things aren't, you know, tip top and tidied up, you know, just perfectly every night, every night. You don't you have to try that. So you have to be bold and gritty and to and to leave a little bit behind, you know, because you want to go to sleep like the person trying to the person trying to be the perfect mother in this scenario is missing out on game time or whatever, or missing out on, you know, tucking them in or, or losing sleep herself and being kind of a, you know, uh, sleep deprived in the next morning, you know? And like you said about the religious person, yeah, she's being robbed of her religious experience, her real religious experience that she wants to get by this perfectionism, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you, she can't have a relaxed relationship with mm -hmm. her higher power if she puts pressure right. on herself to right. be perfect. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Nick, are you familiar? No, with uh, no. Um, I read this, but no, I'm not. Tell me. So the eighty twenty rule gets thrown around a lot in business, where they basically say, like, look at your inputs and look at your outputs, and there's this. Um, 
kind of concept. It's a psychological concept in business, but 80% of the results come from 20% of the action. And, um, and then I guess vice versa. So like, you want to think about where you put your effort to get right. the maximum results. And then usually like, so once you get your 80% results, the last 20% of fine tuning gets, has minimal impact. Mm. So they say, cut your losses. Don't waste time right. on the fine tuning because that's tends to take a lot of time and not always be a mm. great return on your time. And so your example of like, instead of like with driving, like coast a mm. little bit, you'll still get there. Mm. That's essentially what we're saying that like, you know, or, you know, I think you could do it with like, um, people like with fitness, they feel like they have to like right. follow this program to the T and like, if I don't do, you know, run three miles every day, then like, I'm not going to like, I'll gain weight or I won't be in shape or I won't be fast or whatever. And like, you could run like two and a half miles and your knee not hurt and get a good experience versus going the three miles and now your knee hurts and like, it's like right. a negligible impact, right? So think about where you can get the most bang for your buck and be flexible about that as opposed to be perfectionistic. I have to get to Yeah, it makes me think about, exercise is a great example. It makes me think about, you know, um, you know, yeah, like I've got to run 30 minutes every day, whatever it is, or three miles or, or whatever the marker is. And if I don't do that, and then the person, what, what do they do? You know, they watch the clock and they hope for it to be over, you know, or they, they look at the footsteps and see if they're closer to their mind because they want this to be over. Or they can't wait to get to the halfway point so they can run home and be on time. You know, I got to make it to that halfway point so I can get home on time. For, what, stop now. Like, you, that, because then now you're associating that run with negativity and, 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 dis, and, and, and displeasure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you're like, like, less likely to want to go back to it. So then in this chase for perfection, you know, you're, you're, you're losing sight of why you like to run in the first place or, or whatever, whatever the task is, you know, it's just mm -hmm. another place to be stressed. And like, you know, our lives are so busy and so crazy that at some point you just have to say, like, I want this one mm -hmm. to just be fun. And if exercise is one of the only times that mm -hmm. is fun during your busy life, then really let it be fun and not let it be another place mm. where you're just going to mm. beat yourself up to do more and push right. more or be less than, or that I have to hit a certain metric for right. it to count or be good. Right. Cause that's just arbitrary. I feel the same way with food. I mean, there's so much, you know, we, I feel like the rise of, <laughs> hey, it's the first time it came up the today. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> I know. Right here. We found its way into the conversation, but you know, on the rise of social media, there's just so much more um, optics around looking good and being in shape and putting your best mm -hmm. foot forward. And, you know, I think that transcends into our lifestyle choices of, you know, what do you eat and, you know, whatever. And like food is a, an opportunity to be really like joyful mm -hmm. and have fun and be creative and eat delicious things and enjoy. I keep saying joy. Or it can be something yeah. that people torture themselves around of saying, I right. can't have pizza or ice cream and I have to like measure my food and like mm. weigh it out and like, you know, uh, another place. Yeah, it, 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 it plays into this a lot, right? You know, um, and and then, you know, food and, and sex, like two of the most, uh, you know, 
pleasurable things that we could do physically, you know what I mean? And then, and then perfectionistic tendencies ruin food, you know, especially around, like you're saying the the rise of social media, the, the, the strides will look a certain way. Yep. So yeah, this, this goes into all different areas for sure. And it, it, it could. Well, and what you, because you brought up sex, if you don't feel comfortable in your body, you're probably not going to feel right. that comfortable having sex. And there's that too. Right. So it all, it all goes downward, right? Like the more critical yeah. you are of yourself and not accepting of yourself, the more it's going to change how you intertwine with things that could be fun in your life. And that doesn't mean saying, not right. Screw exercise. I was just going to say that. Whatever you want. Like, I don't, it doesn't mean like, who right. cares what shape I'm in? It doesn't mean any of that. It means have goals, work towards growth and be flexible and adaptable. And don't worry. And don't worry about banging out 100% of your reps every time you go to the gym or that you went, you know, five calories over on your Weight Watchers program. Like it's all right. You know, it's all right. Um, You know, try try to be, try to be good. Try to be, try to be great even, you know what I mean? But don't try to be perfect. What's that saying? Um, Yeah. I I put it down here at the bottom. Perfect is the enemy of the good. Oh, you did. Perfect is the enemy of the good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about where perfectionism can be reinforcing and rewarded. I feel like in, I thought of some, but I'm Mm, sure this is much broader than what I thought of. There are some professions where like perfection, perfection, maybe I shouldn't even say perfection. Maybe I should say being on point is actually very important. Like accounting, being an architect or law, or I feel like art, like artists, writers, theater like they can torture themselves to like be perfect mm-hmm. have the perfect performance and i think it's about that 80 20 it's about being able to say okay precision is important here and there's a point where i'm torturing myself over precision and i need to know when like my house can't fall down right so like we do right. need to build it correctly but there's a point where you're spending yeah. too much time lining up the beams and a point that has negligible return and you got to know when you're at the negligible. I, I have somebody that I see that plays guitar and um, the type of guitar that she plays is very technical, very specific. So um, you think it's not this style of music, but think classical with the guitar where every, every, every note is, you know, precision, you know, precision. as opposed to somebody like Led Zeppelin or Jimmy Page or, you know, or, or punk music that's just like you know just banging on it and it's not precise and the point of of punk music and and is not to be precise it's a little bit rock and roll a little bit loose you know what i mean and uh and she has a really hard time you know uh even practicing something that she loves to play because of this perfectionism you know what i mean why why pick it up if i can't get it perfect so so she doesn't and you know there we go what something that you enjoy you neglect because of this this strive for perfection um, but yeah, like, so, so that's an example that I see, you know, um, musicians, I'm sure, are sure that way, you know, like you say, accountants, math, mathematics, you know, those type of things um, uh, that, that sort of call for that. And then, frankly, our culture does too. But well, we say things all the time. And I think that we need to, uh, you know, sort of maybe switch up our language a little bit here. You know, I try not to say, even saying things like, do the best you can. If I say that to a perfectionistic person, Uh, I haven't really told them much. You know what I mean? I've told them to try harder and stay up late, you know, (laughs) 
Um, but it's hard to. Because mm -hmm. they don't, their brain doesn't right. have the brakes right. to say enough. And we're trying to sort of establish yeah. in this discussion, hopefully, and in, in our work with people is try to, you know, establish where the break is. You know, so, you know, and, and maybe that we're using car metaphors again, which is a good one for me, but um, to, you know, let the foot off the <laughs> gas pedal or apply the brake. I don't know what we want to use, but, you know, I, I, I like letting the foot off the gas pedal because usually the, the, the person is just trying to floor it and they're trying doing the best that they can means, you know, just let's let's go as fast as we can or whatever. You know, so it, it, it is it, it. I struggle to come up with sort of another metaphor, uh, you know, or instead of. Instead, instead of no, I, I no, not, no, 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 not that piece. But like that. what I'm about to say is like instead of do the best you can, what do we say? Like do do a good job or, you know, or yeah. I mean, I would probably say, and you'd have to titrate it up and down for kids and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But effort mm -hmm. and non-attachment. Mm -hmm. Put in a good effort. And then you have to accept that mm -hmm. it's going to go how it's going to go. So you're going to have to deal with disappointment and regret and, you know, whatever. Just try, you know. Try hard. Give it a good try. Yeah. Try hard. Don't yeah. try so hard you're torturing yourself. Yeah, I like try, try hard. hard. Right? And if you're noticing, like, with a kiddo or something that, like, you can tell mm -hmm. there's anxiety in it and they're being perfectionistic, then, like, talk to mm -hmm. them about saying, hey, there comes a point where you you're just going to mm -hmm. be upsetting yourself. And so you're going to mm -hmm. have to stop before that point. And I feel like if we can mm -hmm. have conversations around that with kids, right? that's huge. That's where you can start, you know, perfectionism really feeds in a pattern. And the more you can interrupt the pattern. I like how you say remove self-appraisal from efforts. Um, I, th I, I think that's important because we're, you know, that, that that's the thing. It's like, uh, I told you a story earlier about how I was coaching a little bit of soccer last night and I heard the coach say, it's not about how many goals you score. Um, what did he say? Don't worry about the score. He said, have fun and score the next goal. You know, the focus is on something else. The focus mm -hmm. is on having fun and getting back out there. It's not, what's our score? What's your score? Oh, they just scored. Now I'm devastated because they just scored. And we're trying to teach these kids. No, it's fun. Go back here and score again. Here's the ball. You know what I mean? Just keep it going. Yeah. It's not what just happened. Mm -hmm. It's what will happen next. Yeah. Right. So just stay with that. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's end on like an affirmation note. Be kind to yourself. yourself. Shoot for really, shoot for really good instead <laughs> of perfect. Uh, shoot for really good. And you know, uh, right. Yeah, so you right. can like yourself. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All I'll right, see cool, you later. I'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Credit to our theme music to my brother, Andrew McLean. Please subscribe, leave a review, and tell us what you think. All opinions are our own.